live from the Salvation Army National Headquarters, this is the Fight for Good podcast. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fight for Good podcast. I'm your host, Lieutenant Colonel Tim Foley. We're broadcasting here in our remote studios throughout the county of Fairfax, the city of Alexandria in Virginia. And I say greetings out there to the West to our editorial director, Mr. Jeff McDonald. Greetings. Sir, good to be with you again. Thank you. It's always good. I don't think I've seen you now in person for two months. Have I, you, miss uh, I miss the interaction, but I'm so glad to be able to connect with you this way. Have you cut your hair yet or had your wife cut your hair? I'm going to have to get out the uh, you know hedge cutters to cut my hair soon. Oh, it's starting to it's, drive uh, me crazy. It's getting bad. <laughs> all, all six of my hairs are getting, they're probably about three feet long now, but you know, that's the way it is. <laughs> also with us is our wonderful producer, one of the most quickest and happiest people I've ever met in my entire life, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi there. How's your day going? Oh, my day is going wonderful. So stoked to be talking. Well, it's always, we're always happy to have you and thank you for all the work that you're doing. We want to thank our listeners for taking a few, few moments today. Again, we have a very, very special episode of the Fight for Good podcast with us today. We are so thrilled. And honestly, it's, it's just an, an honor for us, and we're excited to be speaking with our incoming, I, I don't know if I could say new bosses or <laughs> servants of, of the Lord. Well, they are servants of the Lord, but um, we are so thrilled uh, to have uh, commissioners uh, Kenneth and Jolene Hodder with us, our incoming national leaders. Uh, Commissioners, welcome to the Fight for Good. We're so glad you're with us today. Thank you so much, Tim. It's great to be with you today. Thank you, Tim. We uh, we thank you for taking a few moments out of your busy schedule. Um, we we had just a few questions that we wanted to to talk with you uh, about and uh, and maybe ask ask and just kind of have a little bit of dialogue. But wow, it's exciting. This is uh, this is a, an incredible new opportunity for you with this. Uh, these new uh, appointments facing you. Oh. How, how are you? How are you feeling about all of it right now? Well, we're feeling certainly uh, honored and humbled to uh, occupy the roles that we do now. To have been selected to serve at national headquarters is a great joy for us. So we've been uh, anticipating this for several months, and we're just delighted to be here. Our bags are packed, and we're almost ready to go. Well, we're we're uh, we're. We're excited about you coming, and we can't wait for you to be here. We hope that we'll all be together by the time you get here, <laughs> back in our offices at National Headquarters. We're still under, at the time of this broadcast, the COVID-19 uh, restrictions that are pretty pretty tough here in the DMV area. Uh, but we, we hope our listeners are keeping safe and following their local authorities by the rules that they have. You two have been very uh, busy with uh, the last couple of years. Uh, my wife and I had the privilege of serving under your leadership uh, when we were divisional leaders out at Golden State Division. I, I was curious to, you have, you both have some unique and particular leadership styles. How, how would you describe yourself as, as, as a leader? <laughs> 
Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, I suppose I could ask the question of you, since you served uh, with us here in the West, Tim. Uh, what you think our leadership styles are? Are you t- are you starting to turn the tables on me already? I'm here? turning the tables on you. I've just <laughs> arrived, and I'm already turning the tables oh, look at on that. you. Look at that. <laughs> well, I would say that mine is participatory. Um, I I'm always feels pr- privileged to roll up my sleeves and serve alongside such amazing officers, soldiers, and volunteers. Wherever I go, I, I learn more from those that I work with than um, I could ever imagine. And if I had to answer that question, I suppose I would describe mine as adaptive. Uh, I think uh, over the course of the last few months, particularly in light of COVID-19, I have had to adopt uh, different approaches uh, and perhaps different mechanisms for leadership than I might have anticipated in normal times. And that's not surprising, really. Uh, So normally, I think I would opt to a consultative style, but uh, it would be a consultative style accompanied by a very active and uh, uh, one might say aggressive a pursuit of the goals upon which we all agree. That would be probably how I would describe myself. I think you've got it right. I think so too. I, I and I think there's a there's a need in in leadership styles today to have have a sense of flexibility and adaptability as you were because situations just kind of rise up that you you never anticipate. And I'm sure you've had over the course of your uh, long uh, careers together, lots of different unique things that you've just had to adapt to. Oh, absolutely. And the cultural factors alone would account for that. Uh, I think our uh, service over the years in different locations and under different circumstances has demonstrated that one particular style of leadership is not going to be sufficient to address the challenges of a world that is increasingly diverse and an increasingly uh, uh, challenging in terms of all the factors with which one uh, must be concerned as a leader. This appointment that you're coming into is a little different than probably what you've been used to in your last couple of appointments. Um, you know, we, we could spend a lot, a lot of time talking about your work overseas and we'll, we'll get to some of that as you go forward. But now where you've been heading the Western territory and you come into this position where you're working, you'll be working with all the territorial commanders, the four territories together, the national perspective just has, has a little bit of, uh, of a different take. What are you doing to prepare yourselves for that kind of role? I am on my knees every morning praying <laughs> to the Lord for his directions. That's good. <laughs> you, you, you join me because <laughs> every day I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out after uh, two years here. So that's great. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you have to change your mindset because uh, each territory as a separate corporation uh, has its own board of directors and its own responsibilities to its respect to its uh, particular part of the country. At national headquarters, uh, though you have a national perspective, your role is more that of influence rather than rather than command. So it is a mindset change that involves uh, uh, more collaboration, uh, the promotion of a cooperative 
environment and spirit so that the Salvation Army can move forward in a united fashion. And as you know, women's ministries is changing rapidly throughout the world. So my appointment um, is going to be interesting as well to see uh, where we go as women in the Salvation Army, particularly in women's ministries. Well, we're very um, supportive in trying in our publications wing, because we're now program and publications, uh, to uh, document and, and try to track some of the changes with uh, women's ministries across the across not only the country, but the world. And we know this will be a very unique uh, time for you, uh, mm. Commissioner Jolene, uh, as you come uh, to national headquarters. Uh, what are what are some thoughts that you have in, in regards to some of these changes that you're seeing in women's ministries worldwide? I have felt ever since I entered training school a special call to women's ministries. I love my position. I love what I do. Um, my goal is to empower all women to be all that God has intended them to be and to do. So I I do get concerned sometimes when women's ministries is um, overlooked, perhaps, or looked on as old school, because I do believe that there's a great ministry there, and we have some women who are incredibly capable in that area. But at the same time, there are women who feel called to other areas of service, and we need to do what we can to grow them into leadership to give them training and opportunities. So um, this is something that we're all going to have to, men and women are going to have to come together and find a way forward. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. We had a great interview with Commissioner Heidi Bailey, who uh, voiced those same sentiments recently. Um, now, you've already alluded to the fact that we're dealing in a uh, challenging environment the world's the pace of change is rapid. The diversity of populations and uh, countervailing powers is uh, seems to be on the rise um, in terms of uh, coming to some kind of agreement among people. Um, so we'd like to share with uh, our listeners and our readers um, something about your personal insights, how you keep track of what's happening. And one way of doing that is to ask you who are who you might be reading now, and who are some of your favorite authors. Hmm. Well, I think for uh, me, Jeff, I think the answer would be that my reading habits tend toward history and theology. Uh, I try to read uh, two to three books every month. Uh, the ones that I'm reading right now are uh, Andrew Roberts' biography of Churchill and uh, Tim Keller's book, Making Sense of God. Uh, I find that history uh, helps me to understand uh, the human element, uh, which is common to all periods of history, and that's useful as a leader. And then, of course, theology, theology sharpens my mind in terms of uh, uh, how God might be leading the Salvation Army and, or leading me personally uh, at a particular time and place. I think my reading is very practical. Um, I love John Allen Turner, 52 Greatest Stories of the Bible and what we can learn from them. That's perhaps 
one of the my favorite readings recently. And of course, a great army uh, author, Commissioner Robert Street in servant leadership and some of his things. He's very deep, but very practical. Um, I love reading actually books for our youth. Uh, Right now I'm reading Big Truths for Young Hearts uh, by Bruce Ware, and it's a theology book for children. I know it sounds a bit strange to be reading children's books, but um, only then can I turn around and and, uh, make our faith relevant for the youth in our army. Well, one of your favorite roles is to be a grandmother, right? Mm-hmm. Second time around. <laughs> Congratulations. Wow. Thank you very much. That's wonderful. I I, uh, I think that, you know, when you get here to Alexandria uh, and in this area, you'll the history bug will even just hit you more. I mean, I've, Commissioner, I found I've, I'm reading more stuff on Civil War, on the great leaders. Mm-hmm. And we, we live here near uh, Mount Vernon. Um, you know, George Washington. And uh, it's, it's just very interesting to kind of see some of the stuff that's happening right now in our country. It was repeated, you know, way back. We, we, we have to understand where we've come from so that oh, we can absolutely. really tap into, you know, the potential that we have here. Oh, you're absolutely right. I, I can hardly wait to uh, explore Washington and Virginia. Uh, and uh, you and I will have to go out, Tim. And uh, take a look at some of these things because I, I thoroughly enjoy learning from the past. Well, I'll take you up on that because it's um, this is a very very special place, and Jeff's been living here for a long time, so he he knows all kinds of ins and outs and things. I, I you know, one of the things that we'd love to do, um, and I'm going to put Jeff on the spot here, is to have the opportunity to visit the Library of Congress. I think mm. that would be you know like get a back backside tour. Um, I'd love that. Yeah. You can make that happen, right, Jeff? (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a great place to go. And actually they have great free concerts. Uh, They, they, during the year, just as a side sidebar um, that you can, Mm. uh, they get all kinds of uh, artists from around the country to come in. It it will be interesting to see, you know, once the country gets back into its rhythm um, and especially this area, this area is just so rich with all kinds of different things. Now you both have your, your international officers, you served at international headquarters, uh, for many years, you've, uh, led, uh, the Kenya West territory for many, yeah. many years. How, yeah. how has your service overseas changed your worldview in, in both just kind of like general life terms, but also the mission of the Salvation Army. People are so different, and yet we're the same. I think one of the things that um, I learned again is that love and respect goes a long way in ministry. And you can make a lot of mistakes, and believe me, I made a lot of mistakes living in a different culture. But if they know that I love them and I respect them and I want what is best for them— then um, they will come alongside me through thick and thin. And um, while I had my husband's grandfather, when we went into training school, said to me, you know, you don't have to be a good preacher if if you can't preach, if you're not very smart, it doesn't matter. Any of that just doesn't matter as long as your people know you love them. Mm. And um, 
that is just proven time and time again, especially living in another culture where I just didn't know which way to turn love. That makes a difference. You know, before we uh, went overseas, for, uh, we were away for 11 years. And before we went, we read a little book called Foreign to Familiar, which described different types of cultures. And uh, the author put cultures into two, very, into two baskets, uh, hot and cool. And I didn't fully understand what she was trying to say at the time, but I discovered when we went overseas that what she meant to say was, is that there are some cultures in which the individual is paramount and there are others in which community is paramount. Uh, I think I learned more about what the kingdom of God will be like as a consequence of living in Kenya than I ever learned uh, here in the United States prior to, uh, to going overseas because everything there is done in the context of community. Your first responsibility is to community. Uh, whenever you have uh, an advantage or an opportunity, your first obligation is to share it with the community. Whereas here in the West, the opportunities are considered to be individual. Uh, the emphasis is on individual salvation as opposed to the kingdom of God. So I would have to say that it has broadened my understanding of scripture and it has broadened my understanding about the ways in which God works in different contexts. Well, that's particularly relevant now, given we're all doing the social distancing, and yet we're realizing the importance of community and overcoming our individual separateness um, in, in new ways. That's great. Commissioner You're Jolene, I really enjoyed right. your book. Everything we do now is with our neighbor in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff, uh, we're learning a whole new language for what it means to love thy neighbor. Uh, it's a language that involves masks and gloves and social distancing, uh, but uh, it's the it's a, a, a wake up call in a sense of our responsibility for one another. So I agree with you. Yeah, that's really that's profound, Commissioner Jolene. I was going to say I really appreciated your book on your experiences in Africa. I thought you know your your ability to relate to people on a very personal level came through that book. Thank you for that. Thank um, you. What, um, as you come into this new role as uh, national leaders, um, what do you most look forward to uh, engaging with in your new roles? I want to engage with everyone. <laughs> I just can't wait to get out and about and to meet the community Absolutely. and um, come alongside our partners. I'm, really, I'm looking forward to representing the Salvation Army. Uh, I'm looking forward to representing the Army with members of our National Advisory Board, business and uh, educational leaders from across the country. I'm looking forward to representing the Army uh, at the federal government level. I'm looking forward to representing the Army uh, uh, amongst corporations and foundations and individuals across the country. I find that a great privilege to be able to stand up and uh, describe what the Army is, what the Army does, and why we do what we do uh, is, in my judgment, a tremendous opportunity, and I'm looking forward to it. 
boy, is it ever. I mean, I've always, I know the Army has so much to speak, to relate to in this culture, um, and has so much to say and, and accomplish. So I appreciate that perspective. That'll be a challenge, but it's, uh, it's, it's so important. It is indeed. What, um, what experiences stands out to both of you in, in your own hearts and minds as something that personifies what the Salvation Army is, is all about? And I'm sure you must have something like just, just happening now that kind of stands out for you. Well, I just want to say I'll always remember this COVID-19 crisis. All of our officers, employees, volunteers, you know, everyone's had a reason to stop working and hide out in their homes to stay safe. But instead, so many of them have become community heroes. You see it all over the media. They're working long hours on the front lines uh, to literally save and serve suffering humanity. And even those uh, mothers who've had to stay at home and those who have health issues, they have found incredibly creative ways to minister to their communities. We are mobilized now more than ever, and we are reaching people for Christ more than ever. And I just, I'm just so proud of the Army. Um, I think that uh, one particular story Uh, says it for me, the Salvation Army, because it can meet a full range of human need, it's not just physical and it's not just emotional and it's not just spiritual, it's all of it. Uh, Early in the course of the crisis, my wife and I were on the streets of Los Angeles handing out food to the homeless. And uh, we came to one particular row uh, of homeless encampments. And as we walked down Uh, from one to the next, we came to uh, a place which consisted of a blue tarp hung between a chain link fence and a cement barrier. And when we called out, a man emerged from underneath the tarp. We chatted for a minute. I gave him a bag of food and he looked down and he said, you know, today is my birthday. And As every Salvationist knows, one of the worst things about being homeless is that no one knows your name. So we quickly found a small cake. And as we stood there on the street with the sound of the freeway behind us and the tarp blowing in the wind, my wife and I sang happy birthday uh, to this homeless gentleman. So there was an instance in which physical assistance was accompanied by a little word of encouragement, a little emotional support. Uh, And that, for me, is the Army. That's going to end part one of our two-part interview with Commissioners Hodder. If you like this one, be sure to subscribe to Fight for Good so you don't miss part two. We promise it's a lot of fun. And don't forget to follow the War Cry and Peer Magazine on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Coming soon, part two with the Hotters. And until next time, this has been the Fight for Good podcast. Bye for now. Subscribe to Fight for Good wherever you listen to podcasts. 